The following podcast contains spoilers and words like piss, shit, and fuck. We watch it. Hello, all you friends and lovers out there in podcast land. Welcome back to the pod. You got your main man, B Dizzle, in your ear holes. <laughs> this Ew. week, I'm joined once again by my beautiful wife, Noosk. I've dragged her out of the dark onto the mic once again. How you doing, love? Out of the dark? I'm not a swamp monster. <laughs> it's been a while, though. That's all I'm saying. I like recording with you. Yes, but I have been in the light. <laughs> <laughs> I am a person of my own accord. How have you been, Noosk? <laughs> Why do you always ask me that? Oh, I don't know what it's like over there in the dark. How Stop you- it. I'm not in the dark. <laughs> I'm not uh, in the dark. I've been good. I've been very busy. Yes, you have been very, very busy. So I very much appreciate your time. But thank you for joining me for a movie <laughs> date the other day. Yeah, it was good fun. Yes. I love we, a movie date. We went and saw 3,000 Years of Longing. Yes, we did. A 2022 fantasy romantic drama film directed by George Miller and written by he and his daughter, Augusta Gore. Based on the 1994 short story collection The Gin in the Nightingale's Eye by A.S. Byatt. It stars basically only Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. And what is it about, Noosk? Oh, man. Um, so, Tilda Swinton is an academic who's just content with her life. Um, she's been through some rough times in the past, but she's... I loved, I loved the phrase she used at one, one point. She said, I expanded into my own life. I was like, good for you, love. So anyway, she's a bit, she's like a little on the lonely side, but she's very introverted. So she's quite content with that. And she goes to a conference in Istanbul and finds a genie bottle. And we say gin in this movie, not genie. <laughs> Basically sums it up. Yep. So the film has sadly, in my opinion, not done very well. Um, Variety called it a terrible result for a movie that's playing in thousands of theatres across the country and noted that it's going to be one of the biggest box office bombs of 2022. I don't get that. uh, With experts blaming the the lack of marketing and its very wide release strategy. Um, And the critical response has been fairly mixed, kind of around the 6 out of 10 mark. How did you enjoy this film? I really enjoyed it. Yes. I found it a very sweet little film um, that had, you know, some... Like, good comments to say about, like, I don't know, just being just content with your own life and not needing any more. And his um, sort of tale of patience and longing. Yeah. I mean, it's literally in the title (laughs) of the film. Um, Yeah, but I don't know. I thought it was a really sweet little film. It didn't, like, go too far. Like, you know, a, a woman wishes with a genie. You could go really big with a film like that. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, it, it had some, like, amazing special effects and stuff, but it wasn't it wasn't a loud, in-your-face film. Yeah. Like, it could, it could have been a Marvel film, and it chose not to be, and I, I appreciated that about it. It's interesting. You know, what I really love about this film is that it simultaneously is this grand epic, like it's this cinematic epic film yeah. that is wrapped up in this small, intimate- container yes and i think that that works so well and i've seen some criticism and to some extent i agree that it maybe falls apart a little in the final act i think that the strongest part is definitely that first hour or so where they're literally just sitting in the hotel room and he's recounting his stories i think that that is the strongest part of the film and you know like it's actually quite 
like we go on journeys into the past and we see, you know, um, whole stories or lives sort of, you know, being told. But yeah. ultimately, you're it's almost like a bottle episode where they're just in the hotel room for yeah. a lot, a lot of the film. Yeah. But I actually really liked that. Yeah. Um. I, I liked the quiet nature of the film and I, I enjoyed the conversations, even once they got back to London. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the conversations they had about, um, you know, the human race and, yeah, and he, life. And- yeah, he's still kind of like discovering the world. It's a really interesting kind of juxtaposition, the fact that he is this kind of all-powerful being, but he's still kind of like- you know, like, there's that scene where, like, he's watching a surgery take place mm. and he's still kind of, like, amazed by how far humans have come mm. while he's been trapped in the bottle. Like, yep. Yeah, he had a really nice quality to him. Um, I really enjoyed his sort of – I don't know what the word is. He had, like, a – after all he'd been through, most of it being trapped in a bottle, like, he still had a sense of – hope or romance about the world. Oh, definitely. And Tilda Swinton is more like me and deeply cynical (laughs) about the world. She's like, yeah, but like, he's like, wow, you know, humans have come so far. And she's like, yeah, we're the fucking pits. (laughs) All this and we're still at each other's throats, you know, hate prevails, blah, blah, blah. Like, I I really liked their dynamic. But you're right, though. The whole movie is drenched in romance. It's like, this is- yeah, and but but it didn't lean into it too much either. Yeah, like yeah. their relationship, which was something she actually wished for, when it when she realized, okay, I have to make wishes. Um, was just her wanting that sort of comfort and um, yeah. intimacy with someone. I think what I loved about it is it's even more than that. You know, like. This is- But it could have been. It could have been like this ridiculously epic romance. Yeah. And it wasn't. I think that's the thing. This is- It's it's almost more than just being a film about love. It's a film about the love of story itself. Mm. Like, the majority of this film is just a series of stories being told by the genie. Yeah. And her listening to these stories. And she's a- a storyteller, a narratologist, like mm. it's her. That's her literally passion, her job. Her passion is for story, and so when she makes that wish, it's not even. And she even says it. It's not even just about that companionship and that longing no. for love. It's about being part of an epic story that spans for centuries. And like, I just think there's something really beautiful and true about that. And that this movie. It doesn't go down that route of, oh, you know, she's she's a lonely woman. What she really wants is romance, you know. No, like, which not it at easily all. could have done. No, it's because not she's, about that. She she resisted making a wish at all for ages. Yeah. And, you know, they had gone through her story of how, you know, she was married and Yeah. Uh, like I actually didn't love that side of it. I I didn't need for her to have been in a relationship, you know, and the typical, oh, they had a baby, the baby didn't make it, so the relationship fell apart. Yeah. He cheated on it. Like, I didn't need any of that to happen. Like, prior to that, she was just happy with her life, as she said, and that's fine. It was great. Um, He obviously needs her to make wishes in order for him to – one exist in the world, yeah, and to ultimately, hopefully, for him to find his freedom eventually. But she really pushes back for a long time, yeah, 
against making a wish and not just because of the line that's in the trailer as well that you know there's not a cautionary tale about wishing that you know um isn't a cautionary tale that's <laughs> there's not a story about wishing that is yeah yeah but she didn't need to make a wish to be happy yeah yeah she only did it because she was like well if i can I guess I suppose improve my life more. Yeah, and it helps you. I'll do it. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think it's also just after listening to his stories for that evening, and you know, kind of falling in love with him as a storyteller. I think mm. it's as much about wanting to help him mm. as it is about wanting to help her. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's talk about the cast then, because I think both of these performances are fantastic. I think Tilda Swinton is on the top of her game. Sorry, I'm I'm just laughing at you because you were like, fantastic. (laughs) Could you be more Australian right now? You sound like you're at a sports game. Mate, let's- Sports ball. Let's do the rest of the episode like we're on like a really bad like uh, drive radio show. (laughs) No. Oh, God. Welcome back to Billy and the Beast. Here we go. (laughs) I refuse. (laughs) What? (laughs) You're still laughing. (laughs) I think that Tilda Swinton is on the top of her game in this performance. This I'm. I mean, she's as much always as, good. Like- I mean, she is, but there's something about her that I've never truly loved in a film. I've mm-hmm. said this before. I felt the same way about Kate Blanchett. I know that she can act, but I feel like I can always see her acting. And I've mm, felt the I'd same. I disagree. I felt the same way about Tilda Swinton, where I'm like, but this role, I think she really is fantastic in. Did yeah. you like her? Oh yeah, I really enjoyed her. I'm trying to think what else we've seen her in. Narnia. Swinton. <laughs> She's been in heaps. You didn't see the Suspiria remake where she played a 90-year-old man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you told me about that. Um, I don't know. What else has she been in? To me, Tilda Swinton is always just that person who said at the Globes, Happy New Year, <laughs> randomly. It wasn't even New Year's Eve. That no. Bizarre. Happy New Year. And we were like, okay. <laughs> um. But apparently she did that because they had wanted her to say something else and she refused. Right, okay. And apparently she turned down the role of Professor Trelawney in Harry Potter because she didn't like that Harry Potter romanticises boarding schools. And for that, I really dig her. Interesting. Yeah, because boarding schools are terrible, I think. Yeah. I mean, I know you're keen on a boarding school. I would have loved to have gone to boarding school. No, it's not. I don't think that's right for children to go up that way. But anyway, that's a different story. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I dig Tilda Swinton and I thought she was great in this. I also think this is Idris Elba's best performance I've seen. Oh, I don't know. He's pretty hateable in The Office. (laughs) He is great at The Office. Oh, he's the fucking pits. You love to hate him. Charles. Off Charles. <laughs> anyway, yes, no, he. They were both excellent. Um, I enjoyed. I enjoyed their quiet chemistry they had with each other. Yeah, like you, like it wasn't leaping off the screen. Like, oh my god, I want these two to get together. That would just be kind of weird coming from these two actors. But I don't know. They just, you could tell that they enjoyed each other's company. And yeah, I guess what you were saying before, the love of storytelling. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the 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 narrative of the, of the film? The way that this film is predominantly told just through stories of his past. Mm. Um, I dug it. 
Yeah. It was almost like an adventure tale. It's almost like an anthology film in some ways, yeah. where it's like every 20 minutes is like a different tale. Yes. Yeah. But it didn't It didn't feel too spaced out. Yeah. It didn't feel too long. It didn't feel disjointed. Um, I always felt the two of them present yes, while yeah. other things were happening. Yeah. Knowing that this is based on a, a collection of short stories, I think that really actually makes sense to me. Mm. In hindsight, because that is almost what this feels like. It's like a, you know, th- them in the hotel room is like the framing device. You know, it's like yeah. Fred Savage in The Princess Bride while yeah. his grandfather reads him the tale. And Yeah, that doesn't work as much, I you, don't think. What? <laughs> what? Oh, shit. What are, you, what are you saying right now? They don't cut back to the grandfather and son, grandson enough. I disagree. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what the f- fuck is happening right now divorce divorce is happening yeah you're literally sitting under a princess bride poster yeah i like that film it's good like that film that's fucked up it's it's good it's a good film oh my god (laughs) (sighs) but yes it's not tommy boy i'll give you that (laughs) see i think the inherent issue with a anthology film is that you run the risk, and I had this just earlier in the year with uh, French Dispatch, the Wes Anderson film, where the inherent issue is that you're not going to like every story. But mm. I found that in this film, yeah. I think because there I was is always the intrigued. through line of, of him and, and his longing, even though you're in a different time period with different characters and whatnot, I think because there is the through line of Idris Elba's genie character- I think but it really also, worked for they, me. But also, they just kept them on as voiceovers for all of the tales. And yeah. so, that really helped. It didn't become what The Princess Bride does, <laughs> a story where the actors are telling the story. Yeah, okay. It really felt to you like it was him telling a story. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. she she would interrupt and ask questions and yeah. interact with him over the top of what was happening. Yeah. you got to remember the actors in the- you know, tales of his 3,000 years of longing were, for the most part, never speaking. Yeah. Did you did you have a favourite segment, as it were? Hmm. I found Zephyr interesting because, yeah. well, he had formed a relationship with her. Mm. So, I think we just got a bit more out of that one in terms of we also got to see Idris Elba interact in his stories, whereas yeah. the others he was very much a – you know, a background character. In the, in the just- second one where he's virtually a ghost, he's invisible and he's trying to lure people to- Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, like, yeah, they all had sort of, you know, interesting elements. And <laughs> I loved when he was like, sh- her name was Sheba. And she's like, wait, the queen of Sheba? Because <laughs> yeah. you and yeah. Beth are always laughing at me for, you know, I'm like, oh, she just thinks she's the queen of Sheba. And they're like, who says that? Yeah. Old people. <laughs> Yeah, it's well, I am an old soul. I mean, people always laugh at me too because I'm like, oh, I'm going to avoid that like the plague. <laughs> people are like, what are you saying right now? Oh, well, now you have lived through a plague of, well, that's of right. kind, so exactly. you, you can say it now. <laughs> yeah. I have not lived through the era of Sheba. Um, I did not think that- <laughs> That the, I know of. I did not think that the name of Sheba was as funny as the, the name oh, of the character don't. Sugar Lump. No. Because that's what I call you as a nickname. <laughs> no, it's not what you call me as a nickname. It's one of the, the phrases you use for me, yeah. one of the names you use for me that I do not like. And I have <laughs> asked you over the years to not call me Sugar Lump. And here we go. There's an enormous concubine who is like- like the epitome of 
like what did, what did Tilda uh, not Tilda um Idris I will say like he she he was locked away in a cage or cell lined with sin yeah yeah <laughs> and his favorite was sugar lump and you're like oh my god and i was yeah. like fuck off <laughs> she cracks a stone paver with her booty <laughs> yeah <laughs> who hasn't done that honestly <laughs> oh sugar lump stop it <laughs> i have never liked that and you, and then you took to calling me sugar fart yeah and there was a lot of sugar like just stop <laughs> it's not it's not an approved it's, it's nickname a, it's a cute little adorable thing <laughs> If any of the listeners would like to write in uh, nicknames that we could call Billy, um, I will gladly take suggestions. I have all kinds of sick nicknames. The Bee Dizzle. People call me Billy Goat or Billdozer. (laughs) (laughs) I like those ones. (laughs) People call me a <laughs> no, that's just the Australians. Um, maybe what was that, you know, your colleague called you're a big boss once by accident in an email. A bald one-eyed fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're scared about balding, so here we go. What could what could we add to this? <laughs> I am balding. <laughs> Sad day for Billy. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> let's move on. Back to the film. Uh, yeah, what yeah, we, yeah. What we haven't spoken about yet really is the the overall production of the film. Mm. Um George Miller, great Australian director, obviously, his last film famously being Mad Max Fury Road. <sighs> Another very visually arresting film. Yes, true. And I think that this Don't is- Don't like it, though. I think this is- Sorry, Paul. Well, no, yeah. Sorry, like, Paul. <laughs> like I said, you know that I did not like that film either, and then I rewatched it with my good friend Paul from The Countdown, and I loved it. Yep. And so, you and Paul were like, let's run away together. You're just, we je- love Mad you're Max just together. jealous because he did the thing with me. Yeah, I am. What the fuck? That's like my favorite thriller film ever. And you did, anyway, whatever. Let's not get into this. <laughs> um, you but- weren't even going to put the poster up in our theatre. I was well, the one who said we need it's, the thing. It's there. It's right there. I should have done the episode with Paul, <laughs> not you. <laughs> um, I, I, I loved the look of this film. I think it is such a interesting looking film i think the visuals for the most part are really mm. really spectacular yeah and i thought all the effects were great um, bar one. Oh, which one so this is what i find it and i was having this discussion yesterday with a friend of mine who's also a vfx artist hang on a second so when we walked out of the cinema i said i thought all the effects were good and you were like yeah i didn't like one of them and you refused to tell me yeah because we're recording on it i never spoke to tofer about anything either <sighs> But you've discussed it with someone else. Yes. Yes. I was talking to my friend who's also a visual effects artist. We were having this discussion about how interesting it is that as far as we've come and how good some things are looking, it's often interesting that I think what is slipped on the most is still green screen. The Mm. first scene where Idris Elba is in a hotel room and he's giant. Yep. And she is very clearly, well- She's very clearly composited in on the shot and Mm. she's wearing her bathrobe. Mm -hmm. And it's, for starters, it's a bad choice to try and key someone in a bathrobe because the edges of it are so fluffy. Right. But I I did not even notice that. There was some serious ghosting and grain around the edge of that bathrobe. And I'm sure that for most people it's not a big deal, but just as a visual effects artist, I was looking at it and it was really just taking me out of that moment. And it sucked because apart from that, I thought the rest of the VFX work was fantastic. But just that one one kind of minute long sequence of 
of her in the room in the bathrobe while he's giant looked really, really bad to me. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Didn't get that at all. Yeah. Just around the edges of the bathrobe. It's just, it's a bad choice. I was like, oh my God, why couldn't they have like, yeah, and I get it because it's a part of the costume and it really works for the rest of the film. But just yeah. for that one sequence, I wish that they had done something else because they were never going to have a good time trying to key that. Well, imagine the poor person trying to do it. Well, exactly. It'd be like trying to key out Bob Ross's hair. <laughs> Mm. Have they ever had to do that, though? <laughs> we used to do it for fun at work sometimes, just see who could do it the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, you're the only people who would notice that. I <laughs> did not at, at all. Yeah. And, like, you know, f- most of the film, you know you're looking at very fake things, you know. Oh, of course. But it's yeah. like, you know, any film with a fantasy element. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought all the visual effects were good. Yeah, I thought for the most part. And, like, the set design and everything was beautiful. In the whole, you know, all of his past tales where we're mm. in these extravagant, beautiful, very ancient kind of settings, mm. I just thought it was gorgeous. You know what I really appreciated as well? This is just something I shouldn't have to appreciate in a film, but so often it's not even bothered with, that they – spoke languages other than English when he yeah. went back in the past. Yep, yep. So often that's just not bothered with yeah. and, like, they committed to it. And, you know, even when Idris Elba first comes out of the bottle, um, you know, they speak a different language and then through the, the TV the, and yeah, interacting with learns, her, he, yeah. he quickly learns how to speak English. But I was like, yeah, thank you. That's all it ever needed, like, yeah. was some kind of explanation. But so yeah. many films don't even do that. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. You know what else I adored about this film was the score. I was going to say um, that. And especially when the music is I used as a I wanted to look piece. up the score as well um, because that that guitar piece. That's what I was just going to say. Oh, the scene where so King pretty. Solomon is, um, you know, kind Wooing of- Wooing her. Yeah. 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 It's beautiful. Why don't you play me guitar anymore, <laughs> Billy? And just the You don't awesome, woo me anymore. The awesome visuals of that too, how every time we cut back to him, that guitar has like extended, it's grown limbs and yeah. grown different bits that are- Yes. It just really adds to that fantasy of it. Mm, mm. Remember when you made me a piece of music and you've lost it and now you don't know it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm old now. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago. I should have written it down. Yeah, why didn't you? I, well, or record it. You recorded <sighs> all your other songs. I know it had like three capos on it, different like I don't I don't know. It was very complicated. It was called Daisy Chain and it was beautiful. Yeah. And your Auntie Lisa thought it was called Days of Shame. Yep. And she was like, Who why, is this? Why girl? would you write that Vanuski? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. That's just really upsetting. And if King Solomon's song can be preserved <laughs> slash made up for this film, you can make me a new song. Um, yeah, I really loved the score. I loved all the little tiebacks um, that would occur, you know, because like fate is a big sort of theme as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, can can you even fight fate? Why would you if you, if you can't or if yeah. you could? I don't know, blah, blah, blah. But- like the way Queen Sheba gulps uh, after yes. hearing the song, and then Tilda Swinton does gulps it after later. Hearing his story, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, the the ghost next to Queen of Sheba, like in the all white robes, he was the yep. one at the conference that yeah. she saw. I didn't quite understand the hallucinations 
part. It was was well, that just like playing on the theme of fate? Like this is going to happen to you. You're I think going to find I think it's partly a bottle. Playing on that theme, but I think it's also to make you question whether any of this is real. Oh so, yeah, okay. Um, a bit of a Buffy, you know. Yeah. Episode is she imagining the whole thing? Yeah. I hate when they do that. Well, I don't, and I kind of don't understand be because because I feel like the film gives up on that after a certain point yes, as well. So, like exactly. for example, he comes to London with her, and the first time he's talking to her out in the courtyard, right? And then mm. the neighbors come out. Yeah. When you then see the courtyard from the neighbor's point of view, he's not there. Yeah. And they think she's talking to herself. But they were just zoomed in on her? like. But, but then, well, but they, they literally think she's talking to herself. But then about three scenes later, she takes him next door and introduces yes. him to them and, and it's clear that he is yes. there. So It was little things like that that made it not a perfect film for me. Mm. Like, this was very much a lovely cup of tea film, had some nice takes on things, found it really interesting. Yeah. And then it was just little tiny bits like that, like the little creepy guy who came up to her at the, at airport. the airport. Yeah. Um. And what what did he say? Uh, See, I the, could- the magic of Istanbul or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, it was. I mean, the only th- way it was memorable was because of how fucking creepy he was. Otherwise, I didn't actually remember what he said. I didn't like. Yeah. It felt like it was just a non-event, really. Yeah. And um, her. Having the hallucination of the guy at the conference, like the enormous, I don't know, what do you reckon? He was like Queen Sheba's yeah, like yeah, 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 priest yeah. or, you know, some kind of deity or something yeah. associated with her kingdom. I don't know. Yeah, like him coming towards her was quite frightening. Yeah. Like he was very imposing. And yet then he's just sort of there in the scene- later on the side as like almost like an easter egg yeah i didn't quite understand the purpose of those things and you know like the guy at airport security who like really thoroughly checks her bottle and insists it has to go through the x-ray machine yeah that was mustafa from um you know the tale of the two boys yeah yeah Yeah. so like there were all these sort of like little i don't know if they were supposed to be easter eggs or if they were supposed to be showing that History is repeating itself. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. It, I don't know. Maybe I'm stupid or maybe the film didn't make that clear enough. Hard to say. I know what you mean. I, I I found myself kind of wondering about that later as well. Like I said, I think some of it is there to think to make you think that maybe she's crazy. Um, maybe some of it is there to imply that, you know, this is her reincarnate you know like maybe mm. maybe she was sheba and maybe she was you know like maybe throughout these th- three thousand mm. years she, she has Zephyr always she was been gu- there yeah gu- like, Guten, gu- like i, I wonder if part of it is you know supposed to imply something along those lines and you know that would tie into like the whole idea of fate and that these two are kind of fated to keep coming back to each other yeah yeah so on on the whole though, it sounds like we were both fairly positive on this film. I, I think that it's a real shame this film isn't doing so well. And I, I do think that honestly, this film never should have had a wide release. This is not a blockbuster movie. I think mm. that maybe just because Fury Road was such a giant hit, maybe they thought that George Miller was a bit of a draw. Yeah. But I can't. I can't understand believe it hasn't this- done as well as it has. Like I I don't know. I suppose haven't seen that many trailers for it. Every time I saw a trailer, though, I was like, cool, keen. Yeah. Yeah. As the Aussies say, keen. So, all in all, how are you scoring this film? 
I think I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Like it was just a really nice, perfectly adequate film. Like how Tilda Swinton felt about her life, I feel about this film. (laughs) I was content. I I think it's a little bit the – romantic in me i i nearly Shocking. i very nearly was a nine what in this film i'm giving it an eight and i think at this stage this is in my top five of the year for sure oh um, my god it's a bdbc <laughs> don't play the thing i'm not making a big call no i just i i really 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 loved this film and i would yeah, watch I it really again enjoyed it for yeah. sure i think it was beautiful i think the storytelling was gorgeous i think the acting was fantastic i think that this was a really really maybe great she film. is like a reincarnation of all of the previous because even the way he holds her at the end sorry now i'm just digressing we were finishing on it <laughs> that's okay yeah <laughs> but even the way he holds her at the end when he's fading away because she's yeah. freed him like that was the same way he held guten guilton i don't yeah. know how to say her name that one, yeah, but I mean, it could, and it could be a mix of things. It, it could be that it is literally a reincarnation, but it also could be, like you said, maybe just to symbolise the the repetition of history. You know, that just th- this is this is his fate is too long. You know, mm-hmm. there are some people who I think are like that, who their fate is to be in love, whether it's required, whether it's unrequited. Yeah, like that's true. part of the romantic in me. Like that. That just you know, like get a fucking grip. Come on. <laughs> Such a Capricorn news. You'll, <laughs> well, you'll never understand us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really won't. <laughs> I just loved when she said, you know, I I thought I would grieve and, you know, whatever she said, like weep for days or whatever it was. I can't remember. Yeah. And she was like, but actually I just expanded into my own life. And I was like, good for you. Yeah. I know so many women like that who their marriages have fallen apart and it wouldn't have been their choice, but actually it turned out to be the best fucking thing that happened to them. Yeah. So is, good this, you, Tilda. is this you making a hint? <laughs> no. <laughs> Watch out, Billy. <laughs> if you don't record me a song, that's it. <laughs> well, thank you for joining me, Noosk. Do you want to tell the people where they can find you? <laughs> no. Do you have anything you want to plug? <laughs> You? (laughs) (laughs) What, my hair? You want to get the hair plugs? (laughs) Oh, no. No. Although Uh, I did get you a hair thickening serum for Father's Day. (laughs) And the Jurassic Park Lego set. It wasn't all business. That's pretty good. (laughs) All right. Next week, I'll be joined by great mate, patron of the show, David Powell. We're going to be getting to our next Tarsum film. He's a good egg. Yeah. We're going to be watching Immortals. Um, I always agree with his comments on... Your page, or what's the other page you make me follow so I can vote for you? The countdown. Yeah. <laughs> so good for you, David Powell. You, I, I agree with everything you often post. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the record, because I know Paul will be listening to this. I, I brought one person in to vote for me, Paul. I brought one person <laughs> in, and I still smashed you by like forty votes. So don't go blaming news. <laughs> A single grain of rice can tip the scales, Billy. Oh, that's that's some epic shit there, Noosk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchthething. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething, and I'll catch you next week. Thanks, Sugar Lump. Would you mind rolling the roller blind down a little? It's just really bright. Thanks. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah.
into the dark again. Shut up. <laughs> Are you going to leave that in? <laughs> no. 